0: All right, we are live. Good day, my crypto friends. It's a pleasure to see you today. We are here with Caesar, who is a with EOS SoCal, one of the top block producer candidates for EOS, the upcoming launch. And uh, we have a pleasure to talk to him today. And we're going to talk about uh, the EOS SoCal block producer specifically, what sets them apart, and then just EOS in general. And I spoke with Caesar a little bit. Um, super interesting character, so we'll, this will be a fun conversation today. Uh, Caesar, in checking out your LinkedIn profile, I went all the way to the bottom, and I saw um, under education, I saw helicopter pilot and um, airplane pilot, or fixed wing pilot. Tell me a little bit about that. That's that's just such an interesting little nugget to start off on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first place, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, I, I picked it up as a hobby. I, I, at the time, I picked it up maybe 10 years ago. I was running a business and managed to, you know, escape right around 2 p.m. where, you know, out the back door, and then I, I figured, hey, let me pick up a hobby. I, I started flying Cessnas, just fixed wing, um, uh, here in Southern California. You know, it's a busy airspace, so you know, a little nerve wracking getting in there, getting thrown in into the busy airspace, but. I ended up having uh, not too many hours. I'm still a bit green when it comes to flying, but I have about 150 hours or so in the in the fixed wing uh, Cesta. And then I figured, hey, let me jump into the helicopters. That, that looks fun. So I started flying a uh, Robinson R22. I got about 60 hours there. Uh, not quite licensed on that side of things, but I, I do have my license on the uh, on the uh, fixed wing, and I, I plan to continue doing it. It's it's a nice way to vent, you know, escape from the the heat of the office and go have some fun
0: yeah absolutely and it's a very very technical as well especially the flying yeah. the helicopters that's that's impressive that's that's really cool and i have... let's get into um eo socal and i've been through your guys's uh website and seen all the projects that you're working on what, what do you think is the most important project that or the most important way that
1: eo socal gives back to the community or what sets you apart sure so I think what sets sets us apart is the fact that we have a genuine desire to you know to see this come through see the whole ecosystem and, and uh, you know I, I heard uh, Thomas Cox on your show and he described it as a society and I, I see the same I see this as ultimately being a, a new way basically trying to prove a new model of, of society and from our perspective you know we, we just want to see that happen and and if that means you know becoming a block producer taking some of those rewards and uh, being able to increase our, our ability and budget to, to continue contributing otherwise you know if, if, if we end up not being block producers that's not gonna put an end to our, our efforts which is the awesome thing we're, we're self-funded um, you know I, I sold the business uh, a couple of businesses my, my latest um, about uh, five six years ago and I ended up with enough capital to say, "Hey, you know, maybe I can start focusing on certain things that are more fulfilling, more of a legacy thing, not necessarily uh, geared towards, uh, you know, wealth generation." So I, I took some some capital and said, "You know, what would be fulfilling?" And around that time, I had gotten into finance, um, trying to invest some of this capital and learned about you know Austrian economics and, and the libertarian uh, philosophies and Uh, from that side, ultimately ended up in Bitcoin. And from my technical side of things, since we were developing uh, certain technologies that led us to blockchain and ultimately, you know, Bitcoin and whatnot. So from both ends of my, um, uh, uh, you know, the finance and and the technologies, I ended up in the cryptocurrency. So we got thrown in here. And the more I learned about it, the more I realized, hey, this is going to be a technology that can uh, make a difference in, in the way people live, and, um, and and it does have a lot of roots in the in the libertarian uh, uh, movement, where you know it, it empowers people. It, it it takes away reliance on a, a intermediary, uh, you know, whatever that person might be or, or entity. And from our perspective, as EO SoCal, you know, we we want to do whatever we can to to help the launch and the long-term success of the chain and that might be from many directions whether it's just uh uh, making sure that we contribute you know from the block production if we can help there Um, also we're contributing um right we we built a a tool to help block producers be transparent uh towards uh, the token holders um we're also building uh dApps. And I hope that I can follow uh, Dan Larimer's, uh ability to just create some really cool apps that help people all around the world. And uh, we, we announced recently Trade Stuff, which we hope will allow people to monetize the otherwise uh, demonetized. So basically grab any item in your household instead of having a garage sale. Hey, maybe you can use that as purchasing power. So those kinds of things where if we can just continue building cool apps um, and uh, and contribute any way we can you know we're happy and hopefully uh, if we are block producers then that just means we have a budget a bigger budget to continue doing what we're doing expand on that uh, continue building dApps. we ultimately want to have uh, you know a couple C++ guys here uh, going at it with these smart contracts um, and helping other people, mostly uh, anybody that might have a similar philosophy that says, Hey, I got an idea. This, this might help um, uh, either the, the community or just in general in in these fronts, then we can say, Oh, okay, well, you know, we'll build a smart contract or maybe we'll give you funding. We got a whiteboard here. We can, you know, contribute from design and architecture, all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, overall it's just, the the big question in our mind is what can we contribute and where is our value best placed?
0: Yeah. See, you guys have a very altruistic approach and a a really, I, I like the philosophy and the, and the feeling behind what you guys are doing because it is this feeling of doing it because it's the, proper thing for the community and the society and and globally absolutely. Uh, everyone And it's a big thing and you guys are feels like you have this bigger picture view that you're trying to push forward um, yeah absolutely in the the dap specific or the uh specifically the template that you created for block producers to be transparent with their um funds mm-hmm. i think is a great idea and that's a great little tool that's gonna that's gonna tag on Um, And I like that. And then I saw also that um, it's almost like you're running sort of an incubator for dApps and projects that want to be built on top of EOS. Um, That is right, And so uh, that looked interesting as well. And you've got experience. um, You've self-funded, built a few companies and then sold them. Um, And so coming from that background of being able to build companies and then all of your background as far as the – as EOS goes at this point, it's it's going to be that's that's a really useful thing that you're putting out in the community. Basically, this yeah. this uh, startup.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's we cool. feel you know. Uh, it, it, uh, I'm not sure if you ever seen that whole idea of ikigai, where it, um, you know it's a I, I forget where it originates, uh, uh, maybe India, where it says okay if 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 you take your passion, uh, something that'll give you fulfillment, and then you take your skill set. Um, and and maybe even take the, a component that might generate income, put it all together at the center of it is what you should be doing. I mean, in an ideal world, uh, not uh, not everybody's lucky enough to, to immediately, you know, be able to quit their job and, and jump onto something fulfilling and expect to make income. But if you could build towards being in that position, then I think that's where fulfillment comes from, you know, uh, where are you might be helping. You might be fulfilled personally. Um, you know, fulfilling your legacy. Uh, you know, dying happy, basically. Um, and if you can make uh, income at the same time, then you know, what else it would be better. So that's that's the way I see uh, our, our position here. Is that you know we might be able to make some income if we make some cool apps. Um, uh, obviously if, if we're block producers, you know, that generates income. Um, if we can help this whole community as a whole, or even, uh, you know, yesterday I was on the phone with a gentleman and he was like, you know, I got this great idea and I feel that it, it'll help people locally. I said, Awesome. You know, those are the things that we can easily help with. Um, as you said, we do have experience uh, all the way, you know, the, the full stack from, 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 uh, Initially designing and doing sprints on on the whole flow of, of, of uh, whatever it is, an app or a product, and then taking that all the way through to development, the front and the back end, and uh, what what I would like to do is to be able to continue growing our operation to where you know we're just taking on these these cool projects that that are uh, contributing, as as uh, described. And you know, if if we grow the team here, have a bunch of uh, front end, back end developers, have have people helping with the design, that would be my ideal situation. I mean, that would be my happy place, really, <laughs> is to be able to just create really cool products on, on EOS. And and um, you know, I'm I'm very uh, excited to see how the whole ecosystem plays out. You know, uh, where EOS aims to be able to function as a society where you know the the, the three branches that uh, Cox described on, on your show last time and um, aim to mimic you know a functional society where you know, we can uh, re- resolve disputes um, you know if, if there's any type of uh, fraud you might steal my tokens uh, you know you have the block producers that can help revert some of that based on the arbitration and um, I'm very excited to see how this whole thing would would play out. You know it's it's cool in theory and, and in articles and you know in my mind, but how is it going to play out that? That's what is is very exciting. And you know I know come June, some of the features might not be there entirely, but um, as they start rolling out, you know we we wonder how products might uh, be able to evolve based on the model. For example, you know, some of the apps that we're creating. We're realizing that you can totally disrupt uh, existing business models. Where you know currently, any any company that's in the middle charging a fee—I mean, I think that those guys are gone. Um, and not only that, but I—you know—it's it's a level of disruption. One guy's going to say, "Hey, we're cheaper than you know existing company A," and then here comes another guy on EOS that says, "Well, you know, I'm even cheaper than that." And then it just gets cheap to the point where they keep disrupting each other, and then suddenly it's free. (laughs) And then then come another group that figures out how to pay you, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, Steam, right? So, you know, you originally you might have to pay to subscribe to something or or maybe buy an app. Then later it's free. Then here comes Steam, and now you get paid for it. So, so we feel that. one very exciting thing is the near future where just traditional business models are disrupted. And now, you know, people have access to, uh, you know, central, well, they're decentralized, but one, one single database for everything. So imagine a future where if you want to look for a job, you don't have to, number one, you don't have to pay, but you might find a database where everybody posts their jobs. uh, Whether you're the, lister of of a job or or you're seeking a job if there's one central database and it's free to join you know how much value would that be to everybody where you know as a job seeker now you don't have to go to 10 different places if we can have everything on the blockchain at one point and you know even if it's various blockchains they can intercommunicate to share that data you know even it's not a one solution uh you know eos might be one among Many projects that can intercommunicate and share data on, on uh, free open source databases that will provide a tremendous value, not only demonetize, but, you know, it'll help just just in that example on the job front, makes it much easier to find the job. You know, me as an employer, sometimes I have a very hard time finding, uh, you know, people and, and qualified people, in the, uh, you know, at that so um, the exciting thing for us is just picturing what the business models are going to look like uh, in the not-too-distant future as we see it.
0: Yeah, and that <clears throat> what you're talking about there with the jobs as an example is, is really a cool example of the way that I conceptualize it as we operate best as humans in these smaller groups. So. Five to maybe twenty to thirty people, which is the size of a like a traditional tribe, and that's where we. The great thing about that size amount of people is you you know your neighbors, you know who they are, what they do, what they can offer, what they're not good at. But the key there is this um, transparency of information and this accountability for how we act, and how EOS changes is it puts this tribe feeling and this information on a grand scale so now all of a sudden we can almost have some of that same feeling but globally and with your job example we're looking at um, being able to it, all the information is right there everyone who needs a job and everyone who's offering a job is just kind of there for free and yeah. the, the information is is open so it's almost it, it, it's a it's a really interesting shift and like you said it's not just jobs it's Everything. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's really changing. Um, and I love the philosophy behind it. I love the idea of, um, personal freedom and, um, and yeah, so, Yes, yeah, so I, I like I, I really like that you guys are philosophy based. I like that um, that you have a kind of a, a north star that's pointing in a direction that's for the good of everyone. And, um, you know, that's one of my favorite things besides the specific things that you are doing as EO SoCal. One of my favorite things about you guys is, is just the general vision. And I think that's really important right now because um it, it can point a lot of different ways. And so, um, yeah, so appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I, I would, you know, from our perspective, it seems like Dan Lermer has similar philosophies, which is what attracted us most to this project. You know, there, there's, as you know, in this space, there's so many projects, it'll make your head spin, you know, mm-hmm. there's, uh, and there's some great teams, you know, um, the, for example, um, you know, you still have Vitalik trying to solve on his front and, you know, very smart guy. He's paved the way for many things. And you have other great projects, um, that are, you know, have equally, uh, scalable, at least they, 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 they propose, uh, scalable solutions. And, uh, what to me differentiates EOS is, uh, you know, that it, it, it works as a whole ecosystem. So it's not just, you know, we, we figured out the consensus algorithm. It's, it's, it's many things that, and, you know, borrowing Dan's uh, words is, you know, he says, we, we were already solving things that people haven't even began to, to think about. And, uh, you know, that's why this is not just a consensus el- uh, algorithm. It's, you know, it's got the dispute resolution. It's got the constitution. Um, it, it really is, a structure for a society. And what it attracted us to this is that uh, it, it's not just a technical movement. It's, it's a, it's a philosophical movement. And, uh, you know, Dan has a certain vision, which many people don't really capture when he speaks of that. Like, for example, his, uh, you know, one of his, uh, his, um mission statements is preserving life, liberty, property, or securing life, liberty, and property. And that alone, you know, if if you think about that, that, and and I've heard him say on a few interviews is he, 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 he's developing this to allow people to improve their own lives by being able to preserve uh, and secure, you know, property, for example. Um, and, Uh, one example is the uh, uh, adapt that we recently uh, announced uh, trade stuff which allows people to monetize uh, the otherwise uh, demonetized and that is one example of preserving you you know your property and and securing your property by not relying on um, you know anybody else you know I if I if I'm sovereign in my ability to carry value, that's not, you know, for example, in, in fiat money, I might have a dollar in my hand, but do I really have value here? Because I have no say in what the future value of, of this dollar is going to be. You know, uh, if it gets uh, inflated, you know, there's no cap. There's no inflation cap. There's no accountability on the inflation. So if I have a, a dollar back in 1970, and a dollar today, I mean, the, I, I don't know the exact figure, but it's something like you know, under five percent of of the buying power in my dollar that I earned, you know, in 1970. So there's no ability to save. There's no ability to preserve my property. Uh, it, it, it devalues. Um, so th- that's one thing that I, I think is is, is just uh, you know beautiful. Is <laughs> the, 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 the word that comes to mind. Is that it allows sovereignty? You know, from in the same way that Bitcoin allows somebody to hold value. Um, you know, right now I know it's quite volatile in price, but the idea is that there's nobody creating uh, inflation to devalue my, my money. And uh, even though EOS does have inflation, it it's you know it, the the where that inflated. F- uh, where those inflated funds uh, are, are used are uh, voiced by the community. So so the community can say, well, you know, right now uh, the code proposes 5% inflation, 1% goes to the block producers, 4% goes to community benefit. We all feel that, uh, you know, it's too high or too low. So everyone can change. The, the, the people have control. And that doesn't exist in, in society today where – you know, it's all the decisions are made behind closed doors. So this opens a whole level of participation, transparency, um, ability to, to, to provingly say, hey, I voted whether my way went or not. I had an approvably uh, a fair vote. I can look through the code and audit it and say, look, here's my vote. There's a fair tally I might have lost, but I feel, I feel okay that I, I have an equal say Um, you know, my, my, my vote is, is, is heard, right? Because in current society, I mean, unless you go take a a bag full of money and go into some politician's (laughs) office and you know, there there's, you know, we don't get to vote where the massive inflation gets spent. And some of it is just, yeah, I was hearing, uh, uh, Ron Paul, um, ask in, in some video on YouTube, he asks some guy on the, on the fed, he goes, uh, you know, can, can you tell me where, uh, where, where this amount of funds went? No. Okay. What's your position? Well, you know, I'm the head of this. Okay. So if you can, then who can, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) There's no answers. (laughs) So that's why he's always saying, Hey, audit the fed. But, uh, you know, the, the beauty here is transparency. It's accountability. Um, and, and to be able to, be part of it without asking permission, right? This is all, everybody's self appointed. For example, we, we chose to come out as block producers without having to ask permission. We just wanted to contribute. And it's a contribution based system where anybody can, you know, like yourself, you, know, you chose to, uh, to get into the community, start your channel and no permission. You know, and, and, and that's the beauty of it. Nobody has to be uh, assigned to, to, to anything. Uh, you, you can just contribute. You know, you do have the, the voting for the delegates, but th- there's many ways to contribute, whether it's you know, just contributing for meetups, developing apps, developing tools, um, even proposing some of these worker proposal, uh, whatever they are, a service or or, or product or, or an app or a tool. Um, you know, that alone is going to be super interesting. If, if If you think about it, there's four times more funds going into funding these things than there is uh, to fund the block producers. So that's a tremendous amount of, of funding, you know, uh, 4% of a billion tokens annually. And, and that rises as the, uh, well, the percentages rise, but the amount of tokens rise as uh, the, the total quantity rises. And it's going to be interesting to see what that tremendous amount of funds do you know and we get to vote for that as, as token holders so that that alone is going to be awesome to see you know what services are are uh, going to be funded and you know maybe even Brandon's YouTube channel a- advocate of eOS gets funded never yeah
0: well that's uh yeah and you know what I've what you're talking about with the funding is is really interesting to me because I have vested interest in funny. I've, I've got two um, projects that I'm working on. I'm working with a company called Weos and okay, it's a yeah. social media app that we're trying to uh, launch onto EOS eventually. And then I'm working yeah. with um, Fitblocks, which is a fitness based rewards um, social media app that's down in Los Angeles as well. So interesting. Uh, so from from that perspective, from working on these dApps and, and trying to be part of the community as much as possible, and it's, it's almost like we're all in this creative process trying to figure out how this works all together. Um, so for me, I'm just hitting on what you were saying, it, it's cool that EOS SoCal is, is somewhere that we look and that other dApps look towards for some some direction or some like you said whiteboarding or it's almost like a uh, an incubator you guys are running there that gives yeah. this it gives us uh, a nice comforting place to lean on when um everyone's just kind of making it up as they go and figuring it out as fast as possible it's it's a great yeah. creative process um
1: yeah awesome I'm, I'm, I'm i've heard a bit about uh wheels and um you know it sounds like a great concept uh I, i've uh, got to see some of your guys' slides that uh, have, have been put together. And it sounds like a great project. I mean, I, I, I think that's one of those things that could easily be funded, whether it's, you know, if we're elected, we, we can talk to you guys. If not, there's so many other block producers that could fund it and further, uh, if, if it does provide a community benefit, you know, hey, package it up and submit a proposal for that. You, you know, there's so much funds in there. Um, it, it's worth a shot there. And, and if, you know, as a backup plan, you could always talk to VCs that are pretty much throwing their money into the space, especially once you, you know, picture uh, six months from now and all these dApps that are waiting to roll out that have been working hard developing, um, you know, once those are out and you have one of these dApps that gain momentum and, you know, wow, this, this dApp is, you know, number, you know, call it number, you know, top 100 on, um, on the app store, and it's decentralized. Wow, you know, and then suddenly you're starting to see a bunch of them popping out as, as as they gain market share and they're decentralized. I think at that point people start saying, "Well, you know, decentralized. What do you mean? Let, let me look into this. Uh, EOS. Well, let me learn about that." So I think you know, even though EOS and market share is is uh, you know a leader. I think relatively, it's unknown. You know, I, I some people ask me, "Hey, what do you do?" I'm like, you know, I'm 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 a supporter of EOS. Like, what's that? You know, <laughs> so they barely know what blockchain is, and um, you know, they heard of Bitcoin. But I think it's not going to be long before certain products become successful, and and do start competing with, you know, call it the next Facebook, um, uh, the next Uber. Uh, the next Airbnb, you know, start decentralizing uh, and and disintermediating, taking out the middleman, and those become successful. Imagine a a near future, as I see it, where not only the top dApps are uh, decentralized, whether it be on EOS or, or other, but imagine, you know, fast forward more than six months, call it a year, call it two years. Imagine that even companies, um, you know, call it uh, call it uh, e- even a, a Facebook, were not necessarily as, as an app, but as a company, being such, such a large company. Imagine uh, the the Nasdaq having another set of companies that are decentralized compete for just the being the most successful companies. So as soon as you have you know some of the uh, largest tech companies be decentralized I think that's when it just it's a new chapter in, in society where um, you know imagine the the top 10 companies in the US as far as tech companies imagine them being decentralized having a decentralized ownership decentralized governance I think that's when the floodgates of, of, of this whole model starts uh, unleashing so that's interesting to see come
0: yeah. And it, it feels like it's going to happen really quickly as well. I mean, this is um, so many people working as fast as they can and creatively as possible right now. Um, it, it, it I just can't wait to see what's going on just a month from now. You yeah. Know, exactly. A year from now. It's, it's, yeah. it, it's really amazing times. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, I saw something about um, your storing in two places you're storing in a, You're storing. Why don't you talk about the storage of and how you're keeping that secure there at EOS SoCal? I think is it is it um, there's some sort of hardware
1: that's a hardware backup? Is that right? Sure. So from the block production side. Yeah, from the block production side. Got it. Got it. So so right now we you know we've been redesigning based on. A lot of the community, you know, there's a lot of community experts that are coming together and proposing security uh, uh, structures. And, you know, right now, Alex is part of these uh, communities that are saying, you know, this is how we propose. And um, Alex is gonna be the the, the better one to describe the details, but from a high level, uh, there's there's a, um, you know, public facing node, And then you have a a block producing node behind that where, you know, the public facing node in case it were to get attacked, you know, call it DDoS attack. It's, it's not going to affect the, the, uh, the block producing node. So there's different layers of security. And um, right now we, you know, there's various uh, approaches to that and there's debates going on and, you know we don't have much time left, but it's getting to the point where it's solidifying as far as the the architecture, and there's uh, uh, there's different layers to make sure that your producing nodes are are not exposed. You know they don't have a public endpoint, um, and uh, further deeper into the stack, you, we would have um, uh, a a backup you know might be a warm backup where it's it's not producing but it could it could be redundant in in its ability to just turn on as a as a full node immediately Um, and uh, you know we we have we're we're gonna start off with cloud-based solutions just to allow us to quickly scale because we're we're concerned with going all you know bare metal right off the bat and um, and you know, when you do bare metal and you host here, uh, there's challenges uh, as far as scalability. So imagine having to order parts and wait. I, I You know, you can't wait. you got to scale. So what we want to do is uh, have our, our uh, flexibility on the cloud to be able to scale, and then we can start creating <laughs> uh, backup systems and redundancy um, to try to diversify off the cloud. You know, there's... Uh, a lot of the community wants to see a little bit of diversification from the cloud you know not not all block producers want to be on the cloud that sort of puts too much uh too, you know too much reliance on One the point cloud of failure yeah exactly so um so yeah alex is is uh you know part of these um discussions and you know right now he he was going to join here today but he got pulled into a uh, a disaster recovery um, a group that is going through scenarios of, you know, if this happens, let's, let's, let's play out as if it was really occurring. You know, how, how, do, we, you know, how do we react to this stuff? Um, recently, uh, Dan, in, in some of the chats, suggested that if a certain number of uh, block producers get disabled for whatever reason... You might have to pause uh, block production and have everybody, you know, help restore and then continue. And um, you know, the delegated proof of stake is not new. Uh, it, it's ran successfully under Steam, as you well know, and BitShares before that. And it's it, it's the same algorithm with just added features. So it's you know a lot of people say, well, it's not going to work, and you know. But it's it's already a proven model. It's just a matter of how do we make it work here on EOS, mm-hmm. and how do we make sure that uh, it's successful with you know being able to support not just one app. You know, in the case of Steam, that's all that it, 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 it uh, focuses on is just the article module. Um, here, you can have you know eventually millions of apps. So, and and, and I, I think at one point thousands of chains. So, you know, imagine a block producer not having to just run one chain, but having to manage, you know, 500, 1,000 chains. Uh, There's, and this is all new, you know, I'm not aware of any other uh, chains that one block producer operates multiple chains where they interoperate for for scalability. So a lot going on there. Very, you know, very um, uh, innovative uh, approach to 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 this whole thing and uh from our perspective you know the community's very collaborative as uh you know Cox also said uh, on your shows that everybody's just overwhelmingly supportive of each other and, and hopefully that lasts even past the elections <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, yeah we're we're uh, you know we 're part of the community we 're supporting others and getting support from others and uh, and and that results in a in a in, in, assistance in designing our systems to make sure that they, they do support the security and they have adequate backup and, and, and storage and all that.
0: Yeah, that you touched on the disaster recovery there. That's, that's an interesting um, thing that I haven't thought of or heard too much about yet. It sounds like it's new. You're actually having a meeting right now uh, regarding it. So yeah. is there, is there two facets to that? Is there, Is there like a EOS SoCal specific disaster recovery and then like a global disaster recovery or is this about like the entire chain and how to remedy some sort of, some sort of full chain disaster?
1: Yeah. So it's not our initiative. It's, it's, I believe uh, Cox is the uh, uh, moderator there Mm -hmm. and it involves many of the uh, block producers and uh, you know, this, we're so close to launch that the whole idea here is that, we have some experience in resolving some of these potential uh, disasters, whether it be an attack, whether it be, you know, imagine um, a percentage of our block producers being dependent on, you know, Amazon uh, East or whatever area, and that goes out. So, uh, you know, how do we not wait until we're live to figure out how to deal with it? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's run through these scenarios now. That way, you know, we're prepared for it and we have a little bit of experience with it. So um, there's, for, from what I've gathered so far, there's a few different possibilities of disaster and uh, the group is running through each of those to, to figure out how to react to them. And, you know, they're not very scripted. I think it's like, boom, this just happened. What do you do? You know, and the group mm-hmm. is sitting there going, you know, shuffling, trying to figure out how, you know, do we do we pause the chain? Do we keep it going? How do we, you know, who's going to run to to help this guy? You know, does he have backup? Uh, does he have other nodes available in case maybe just one of his nodes went out, maybe a, a region? So it's just to make sure that people are not panicking come a, a potential issue once we go live.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good point, and and it's why a lot of and. and uh, Thomas Cox says himself that one of the most important parts of voting for block producers is, um, is diversity among sure. all the different countries and, and having it is spread out both, um, governmentally, Absolutely. what type of situation there in there, and then geographically. Um, so that's something that is one of, for me personally voting for block, block producers be one of my most important, um, ways that I vote is, is spreading the, that out. Um, Aside from that, what do you think is a is maybe the second most important or or your first most important um, way that you're going to vote for block producers?
1: Yeah, so I, I agree. I think the, the the most important is diversity uh, geographically. Um, also, you know, do they fall within different uh, governmental jurisdiction, uh, jurisdictions? Yeah. 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 Um, also, you know, what we touched upon is we want to make sure not everybody's on the cloud. So maybe some uh, variety there. Yeah. Hardware, I would say some hardware diversity. Okay. Absolutely. Also from an experience standpoint, you know, there are some, some great um, uh, leaders that, that have been, you know, tireless and, and I think there's different values. So you might want, you know, there's very high, highly technical uh, block producers that, uh, you know, that bring that aspect of value, then you might have other block producers that, that bring, you know, they're just very involved in community. They're in every single telegram. They're in every, you know, they're, they're actively discussing every governance issue, mm-hmm. you know, tireless. They're on Twitter. You just sometimes wonder how the heck do they <laughs> yeah, manage so- to do this stuff? You know, it's uh-huh. like one in the morning I get a telegram. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. don't you sleep? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so, so you might have somebody that's very involved in the community and developing, you know, governance, all, all that aspect, bringing communities together. Um, you might have the high, the very highly technical uh, block producer. You might have somebody that might offer a different angle, like such as us. We we're more of a you know of a bigger picture. We we try to align ourselves with just the overall philosophy and where does this where is this going to be in a few years and how do we get there? Where do we need to start initially? You know, uh, we, we start in the private sector and how do we do that and what type of economic models need to exist? Um, you know, and, and, and seeing what even the next phase after that is possibly, you know, going, going from uh, private sector, um, free market, uh, apps over to, Hey, who knows? Maybe, you know, call it five years, some of the scenarios that uh, Larimer laid out on in his speech of uh, uh, Virginia Tech, he, he lays out a scenario for possibly using a government, uh, you know, blockchain. So, mm-hmm. you know, from our philosophy, we, we, we have that angle. Um, but uh, I, I think the idea is, is you know, uh, taking it by layers. So the, the geographic diversity going to maybe the, uh, jurisdictional uh the the type of hardware used and and whether it's cloud or uh bare metal maybe the skill set that each one contributes uh the the unique value they contribute uh, maybe having some variety there uh you you might also uh you know consider there's some exchanges that are uh, running for block production so you know you might want a few of those in there um and you know, each one does publish. You want to make sure you check off of a few check marks to make sure that they're they're doing what they should do as far as transparency. For example, uh, EOS Go has been very helpful in aggregating some of the requirements. Right now, I think there's uh, mm-hmm. eight, eight check marks, uh, and each one of those check marks involves the block producer contributing either, you know, certain data. Uh, maybe you have to uh, disclose your your... Um, uh, your position on certain things, for example, the vote buying, you you might have to uh, lay out how you will be contributing from a a community benefit standpoint, uh, you know, about us, here's, you know, a couple links to us, make sure that, you know, we're legitimate. Um, So there's many, many angles to it. I, I think it's not a, you know, one, one thing. Um, I, I think everybody should be knowledgeable that's the most important thing because um, right now you know if you were to ask somebody who they feel is, is a good blocker they might just think of who they might have heard on, on Twitter or um, you know maybe the local meetup people but I encourage everyone to do a full analysis you know look at all of them um, not just the you know. The ones that come to mind might be a handful. Maybe you know, call it ten of them that you can name off the top of your head. But how about the other? You know, right now there's about 100 and close to 170. Um, you know, look at them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn about each one. If if you're, you know, uh, uh, voting comes at a cost—not uh, necessarily a monetary cost, but a, a, an effort and a uh, um, you know, you have to go through the staking process and you know, you might consider that a, an opportunity cost. If, if you're staked, then you can't transfer, whatever. So they do have a barrier to, to voting. And the whole idea there is because they want people that vote to be informed and, and have a passionate vote, not necessarily just to vote based on, hey, cool, look, I can press a button, right? Uh, it doesn't cost me any effort. Uh, you know, any, me, my mo. They want people to really inform themselves and I do encourage everyone to, uh, to look at aggregated uh, uh, databases of, of block producers and look at them all and, and, and really ask yourself, you know, what, what matters from your position? Um, aside from those top points that, that, that we hit on, look at their unique angle, how are they providing value? You know, there's some large areas in, in Asia, you might want some strong BPs there that are spreading the word there. Um, there, there's just many things to look at. Uh, I, I think it all starts with just informing yourself, making sure that when you vote, it's not just from, Hey, I remember six people mm-hmm. <laughs> rather, you know, look through them all, make a good decision. Um, and, and by the way, um, uh, I'm expecting another project hopefully here, uh, before June to, to come out that, um, that aggregates the block producers, uh, in a, in a in a in a different way than than the BP. EOS Go does, so it would be a second database, and maybe that one is even going to live on the, on the blockchain. Um, and that's the one that's been circulating for for fundraising. Um, I think it's going to be called. Uh, uh, it's not coming to mind, um, but uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll shoot you the uh, the link if you want to add it to your. Uh, the YouTube video, but it's, it's going to be another project that allows you to look through the block producers and, and make an informed decision.
0: Yeah. I think as much information as we can get out there, and that, that sounds like a great project about yeah. ways to research the block producers easily is exactly. a, going to be um, really important and, and as much information as possible as people can go through and, and figure out, because one of the things you mentioned there that I think is a, really important concept is just diversity as a whole not just you we talked about government infrastructure um the all those different ways but then just as who are the actual people what are they adding a diversity in skill sets so yeah. you have some that are good just community advocates you have some that are technical you have some that are good leaders etc so um that's one for me to think about as well that's uh but i think that the key here is is diversity because for one, we want to be able to repre- represent a, a global community, which is a uh, key to is diversity. But almost, or possibly more important, is uh, anti fragility of the chain. We have to be uh, very strong and resilient. For uh, and that's the main goal because we're trying to build something um, really impressive here. And. Um, I believe that the staking has been removed, possibly for the voting. Um, I feel like they removed it because there was a uh, little bit of a flaw in the game theory. Where, so if we have staking and there's this cost, you, you tie up your tokens to vote. Essentially, a whale can come in with um, say 100 million votes. They can uh, use those 100 million votes to sway the voting, but then it comes. They could make it at no cost to them because on the open market they could then short EOS. And so they would be holding long and shorting at the other end, essentially making it, uh, they wouldn't be experiencing the uh, opportunity cost of basically their tokens being stuck. They'd they'd be at a zero net gain was the way that I understand it. So uh, it would actually enable a whale to play the system a little bit harder if staking was in. It was involved with the voting. Um,
1: Interesting, that's yeah.
0: the, that's the way that I understand it. Um, you know, I'm just a guy on the internet, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I think that, I think that's a recent, uh, a recent change. If I Interesting.
1: Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see more details about that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I could imagine that scenario, but, uh, so, so you're saying the reason why that, that the staking might no longer be required is, to make sure that market manipulation uh, is not a vulnerability, correct. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to dig into that one. That, that's interesting. So, yeah. so, um,
0: so when yeah. we get in, when we get into voting, I mean, there's so many. Just, I mean, you can go down a rabbit hole on just voting itself, and how do we, uh, for one, educate, and how do we get the smaller votes to actually come out and participate, or, you know. Or do they just pool their votes with with a, a place that they trust? Um, sure.
1: So I mean that that's a that's a whole whole talk in itself. But. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see how that one plays out. I know there's uh, you know initially they come up very strong for that the, the requirement of having a barrier to, mm-hmm. to vote to make sure that you scrape out just the people that are voting you know without. The, the right information behind it yeah um, so if, if that gets reverted then it brings up the whole question is you know how about that issue that that was aimed to be solved in the first place by by the staking and mm-hmm. uh, you know the the block one team is 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 very smart they have great people um whatever they roll out you know even if it's imperfect as the, the beauty of um you know part of the reason that EOS doesn't rely on on code 100% you know it's not it's not perfect so whatever the code might be issued if that's not the right formula the people can still vote without having to hard fork um, in, in order to change a lot of these mechanisms so uh, you know it doesn't rely on getting it right the first time which is one nice thing
0: that that is a really, that is really comforting thought is that right now we're trying to come out with the very best that we can possibly have. It's like when you write your first, um, iteration of, of, a, of an app that you put out into the app marketplace and then everyone comes in, starts using it and they break it. And then you <laughs> come out and you fix it along the way. And I, that's, yeah. that's, that's how EOS I'm hoping is going to operate is we come out good enough where it's strong and moving forward. And then as these little tweaks can be made, um, it's been built to be agile. So uh, that's one of the, that's one of the uh, best parts
1: about it. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Without having a hard fork.
0: Yeah. Without, yeah. Without some contentious hard fork. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's, it's evolving quickly. Um, So I wanted to um, quickly let the people know a, a little bit about your story because you have just a, fantastic story man you're like the you are you're you're kind of the american dream and i think that's really cool so um caesar you your family or your father came from spain and he was part of the spanish or he fleed spain because of the spanish revolution in the 30s um, which they're still having drama with now yeah <laughs> interesting enough Flee to mexico where your family's from uh, and then as a youngster you had some uh, some tragedies and you had to leave Mexico Yeah, and you ended up in the States as, as a young kid, um, and, um, and, and just living in a, you know, a, a small apartment with all your siblings and, yeah. and figuring it out, basically coming out of, coming out of, uh, poverty and, and coming up through all kinds of tough entrepreneurship and, yeah. um, successes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to speak about that a little bit, you sure. can
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so my, my father did leave Spain with, with nothing, you know, as a young kid and they ended up in in Mexico and, uh, and and from nothing he built himself wealth in Mexico. And, you know, my recollection of of my father before he passed, he he passed when I was uh, about uh, six or seven was just wealth. You know, I mean, he was, he he came uh, very um, poor with, with nothing from Spain, but he built himself. He ended up building a factory that made um, uh, bed cushions and became very successful. And I I remember, and maybe that's why I'm a pilot. I remember flying around in a in a plane that, that he you know he had uh, uh, hired pilots and you know, chauffeurs and you know and he began getting sick. And, you know, Mexico, there was just not so much uh, waste to preserve. Um, you know, bottom line is that his some of his employees might have done something shady there. And ultimately, when he passed, uh, my family and I didn't inherit anything. So we went from, you know, a memory of, of wealth and, you know, private planes and whatnot to nothing. And... And that's when we came to the US and we came to the US you know in, in, in poverty really from the stories my mother tells me is that you know we just sort of said hey let's scrape enough money to uh, get to the US we, we had a visa from uh, tourism and ultimately we we came to the US I became naturalized citizen and we just started from scratch but one interesting thing that to me is a very powerful uh, realization is that in my mind you know I had the memory of, of you know wealth just embedded in my in my head I, as, as I would recall memories and say you know wow what a difference in, in life from my older memories to now where uh, you know like you said we were a bunch of siblings cramped in a little tiny apartment we would I'll pitch in, you know, if you had spare change from something, you'd throw it in a little, you know, for milk can to make sure we, we had milk. And, you know, in my head, I never forgot the the experience of having experienced a, a, a wealth or the memory of experiencing wealth. And that alone was my driving factor. And uh, as soon as I graduated high school, um, I just went for my own business I said hey you know uh, I need to get some of this lifestyle back that I experienced and uh, I I started an insurance agency when I was you know fresh out of high school and I had no idea what I was doing I just said you know sweet let me let me do this Um, and I I sort of winged it I, I went to some real estate office and said hey can I can I use this desk ultimately, uh, you know, navigated the licensing part of it. I I got some help from uh, other insurance uh, brokers that that were willing to guide me. Ultimately, ended up uh, starting the business, and hey, you know, I I was selling insurance, and I was like, awesome. You know, my first step towards building a business, and um, you know, long story short, that, that, uh, that insurance business grew. I ended up Shifting online, um, generating leads, and the lead generation for insurance became a business in itself, became uh, very lucrative. I sold my insurance agency, uh, then grew the lead generation business. I grew that uh, to the point where it was quite profitable. We were doing you know, 10,000 leads uh, a month, getting you know, uh, upwards of $30 per lead. So it was a very lucrative business. We ended up getting uh, acquired. And, um, you know, that, that was my, my first experience uh, regaining wealth. But reflecting on that, I, I said, you know, what 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 is the difference between somebody that never experienced wealth in the first place to want to get it back versus somebody that's just never had it? They don't, you know, they don't have that desire to get it back because they never experienced it so to me it was quite a realization how how powerful uh you know the power of thought where you know in in my mind i I said well you know i have to i have to get this experience back that i remember and that alone led me to just take risks and, and continue you know i and and the story i i gave you sounds you know like i just everything went well, but I had some, some, some major lows. Uh, I I had partner, uh, steal and and do fraud. And, uh, at one point I was in some major debt, but I just kept, you know, just kept going and going and going. And the only driver as I reflect was having experienced wealth in the first place and saying, Hey, why not? You know, why not try to regain some of this? Um, so reflected on that you know how come just any ordinary person can't convince themselves that they need to be somewhere why, why can't somebody just put a picture in their head of what they where they want to be you know without having to rely on a memory rather than just you know let me envision what I want to do and where I want to be and go chase that and, and and that's where I am today is you know I, I try to envision certain things where I, I'd like to see and, and it's not solely a personal benefit thing but you know as we were talking earlier is you know this whole blockchain movement for example is you know I, I have a son that, that's 10 and I'd like to see him in a world where uh, you know where where society functions with transparency and 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 is is understandable, and, and maybe there's all sorts of um, there's easy ways to you know find jobs like like we were talking earlier. Or, you know, y- just so many services out there that are um, that that are decentralized in in, in a community created project. So that is my vision that's driving me today. By realizing, hey, if you paint a vision in your head, and you uh, and and you live every day towards trying to get to that vision, then it's just really replicating what I what I did as a child trying to reach that dream that I had. Um, and and now, you know, I realize the power of thought. And there, there's many books about this. There's, um, uh, you know. One interesting thing, and this sort of dives into a different topic, which is a whole other conversation, but recently I'm seeing that from, um, and this kind of gets into the woo-woo world, but if, if, you know, on the science level, on quantum mechanics and quantum physics, they're proving that uh, certain elements don't exist until you observe them. So to me, that might be proof that reality is a result of what you're observing what you you know your observation can become a reality and yeah i know this gets into the the whole mysterious world and but uh but to me it's i i think eventually the science world will be able to prove that the power of thought manipulates reality um so so, you know, that's a, that's a side hobby for me. I like to, you know, I love to think and, um, you know, I'm quite introverted where, you know, my idea of, of, of uh, just a pastime or, or R&R is just to, to allow myself to explore just thoughts and, and, and just the, the, the things that seem a little unusual to discuss in a, in a social setting is, you know, like if you're at a bar and you start talking about creating reality from thought, they're, you know, like what, (laughs) but it's, it's my hobby. I like to, I like to ponder what might be considered unusual to think about. And, uh, and just asking those questions that might be considered, you know, odd or whatnot, but it it just, it's a whole other um, interesting concept from, you know, from a personal motivation to, to trying to, Um, You know, for example, you—you one day you probably thought, hey, you know, uh, I I can picture myself doing a YouTube channel. And by that, it it led you to create a reality for yourself. And and here you are. Um, and, And I think the same thing applies for anybody that wants to put their mind to something, create their own reality in their head, and then just follow whatever steps are necessary to get to that reality.
0: Yeah, and, and to kind of tie together what you said there for me to to see if I understand it, and it's it sounds like um, so you had this going back, you had this vision as a as a child and you as having wealth and what it was like. So you had these deep seated emotions inside you, and also this really clear picture of of what it was like. And so when you came, and then you started to struggle, and you started to um, you know build your life back mm-hmm. you had you had an anchor something that you had this goal that you knew you could achieve and there yeah. wasn't a reason necessarily why not and so you you had these thoughts and beliefs that uh through all these struggles and these tough times in the businesses you were able to keep going um because you had such a clear vision
1: exactly
0: now when we're coming into eos so and we're coming into being a block producer and coming into the whole ecosystem uh you you know how important that vision and those emotions are Mm -hmm. and now you're taking it far enough where you can create those for yourself uh Mm -hmm. and now they're not necessarily created around wealth either they're created around building a better future for your son which gives its own really powerful emotion um and so uh i see i see a big parallel between what you learned through struggles as a kid and what you're applying now in a really um intentional manner and taking that really powerful thing that you have and putting it towards the good of the EOS community and the good of the world possibly. It's, it's Absolutely. a, what, what a really cool thing. And again, this is why um, I'm such a big fan of EOS SoCal because I, I love the vision. I love what you guys are doing and I, I totally believe in it. Um, so um, very awesome. cool, man.
1: Thank it's, you. Thank you. Very, yeah. Cool. I, I think it's, you know, it, 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 it's one of those things where I love waking up and coming to the office every day because it's, you know, like we were saying earlier, it's, it's the mix of, hey, maybe I can continue making a little bit of money. I, I can fulfill, uh, you know, my, my desires. I could also help, um, you know, bring these visions to reality, a future where blockchain just improves the lives of everyone. Um, you know, there's a book called abundance by, um, Peter Diamantes that's, that speaks of a future where, you know, everything's, everything's abundant, you know, everything's free. There's, there's, um, there's just, there's less of a struggle. So in order to, your, your comfort level could be achieved much easier. And I think, um, you know, blockchain is, is the pathway to that, that scenario, um, I think there's this tremendous waste um, in general, you know, all all the, all the, 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 the spending that's going on, that's just going to waste, um, you know, all the spending, for example, all the, all the, you know, military interventions, whether, you know, we agree with them or not, that was trillions of dollars that could have rebuilt the U S you know, three, four times over. It, it could have been used to just improve the lives of many people, um, you know, not only in the U.S., but in, instead of using that money to uh, in a destructive way, you know, that could have been put to an efficient use. And, you know, my hopes is that by being here, helping push this, this whole initiative, you know, it's such, such an early um, – a world in, in blockchain that right now everybody that's in it is, is, is trying to make it a reality. So to me, I, I hope that by coming here every day and, and, you know, waking up, getting to work that I am help helping push everybody towards that, a vision of abundance and, and, you know, a better world, and not only for my son, which, you know, of course he'll be part of it when, when I'm gone and, Um, you know, a couple, couple outcomes is if I get to, uh, you know, I always think of, you know, speaking of how I I like to think, um, I I I think of the day where I'm getting ready to leave the world. Right. And, um, I sit there and go, I put myself in that scenario and go, okay, what do I regret? And I go, okay, did I take care of my son? Yeah, I took care of him. You know, did I, did I contribute to the world? Yeah, I did. You know, I helped, uh, you know, I I helped bring, uh, the whole blockchain world to reality. I helped create products that, that help people, you know, check, check, check. So I put myself in that position and go, am I ready to go? And and did I check, did I not check something back? Well, then the reality is is I'm not there yet. So I have a chance to make sure I check all those things off before I am on on my deathbed. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the beauty of it, you know, and, 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 um, it's fun and it's fulfilling, and at the same time, if if we can generate some income uh, while we're at it, then you know, then that is my happy place. <laughs> Keep keeps me waking up happily every day.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, you and eos socal you guys have my full support i uh, i love the project it, it, it's um, fantastic to have you on the on the show here and um, i'm sure within this ecosystem we will cross paths many times and uh i'd love to have you back on again maybe after the um the mainnet launch and we've got things going and i, I would love to follow up and see how you guys are doing Very good. Uh, cool. yeah before we before we end it here did you have any uh parting notes or anything that you feel like we didn't touch on that you'd like to like to hit on
1: um, you know nothing in specific other than you know just I, I want to say thanks to everybody that is uh, part of this you know not not only on the EOS front but everybody that's helping develop this this movement of uh, decentralization accountability uh, to empower humanity as Larimer says to secure life, liberty, and property, um, and, and to push society towards a better world. You know, everyone that's, that's contributing, including yourself, uh, you know, big thanks to everybody. And uh, thank you very much for, for having us and, and for your support. And certainly hope to catch you, uh, you know, at a meetup or you know, see you again here on the channel. And uh, keep in touch.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Much love to you, crypto community as a whole, EOS, Steam, and every other beautiful coin out there. We're, you know, we're in something really big together. Uh, much love to you, Caesar. I appreciate your time today and what you're doing for the EOS community specifically. Uh, and until next time, my crypto friends. See you guys. Cool, man. The money is not the prime asset in life.
1: Time is, and uh, your time is...